All right, we got the countdown going. That's always a good start. I'm sure that's formulating an audience for us, as Facebook does. Hopefully, if anybody is super early and jumped on, thank you for joining us promptly at 8.30. This is going to be a really awesome, awesome little stream, I think, Ryan. I'm pretty excited about this podcast, man. I am too, man. This is this is cool stuff. I think what you've done with uh, this podcast and this uh... – you know, whole Pittsburgh combat sports podcast thing. Like, I'm just excited. Like, you're doing awesome. I'm, I'm thanks, very man. proud of you, man. Well, thanks, dude. I was just thinking today how, like, just thinking about the podcast, and I was thinking how exciting, like, I finally got to talk to Jason Cardillo. And, like, I know that's, like, a weird thing to be super excited about. No offense, Jason. Of course. Well, he's an awesome dude, but he was like, amazing. Yeah. Blue for everyone else. Right. But he was like an OG Pittsburgh MMA legend that retired undefeated. And everybody wondered why, because he just mauled everybody. He was literally, I always describe him as like the Khabib of Pittsburgh MMA because that was exactly his style. Because he was like this, and like then he just like fell off. Then and he just said, said I'm out. Climbing and going back right. down. Exactly. He just went out on top. And I always thought that was amazing. So I'm just thankful for this podcast. Like, give me those kind of opportunities. Obviously, talking to guys like Isaac Greeley, Mark Cherico, you know, Adam Milstead, all the guys that we've talked to on the podcast so far and all that's still to come, man. It's just it's an exciting little little thing. And I'm glad that we're able to do it under the 247 banner for sure to help push Pittsburgh MMA forward and Western PA combat sports in general for because that's kind of what we set out to do from the beginning right you know we always said we didn't want to be at each other's throats we wanted to cultivate a real community not this what's the word i'm looking for we're not looking for cat fights you know we want to build everybody up so that's kind of i'm happy that i can do that with the podcast i guess is what i'm getting at yeah i mean uh, you're doing a great job i think the the friends we made with even like this boxing venture that ultimately ended up not working out like the friendships and the relationships that we built through that like that was worth going down that path in and of itself like hutch is an awesome guy there's so many like the guy mike and you know Derek and all those guys like they're just awesome and and i don't want to leave out our buddy uh you know Derek. no i i said Derek. oh sorry um, I I'm blanking. Anyway, um, we, there's just so many good guys around that like we should all just work together and make this make this work make make great things happen in Pittsburgh. For sure. Was Angelo the guy you didn't say? Yeah, that is <laughs> Angelo the guy. Yes. See, uh, I, I'm all I'm all about shout outs. So I just wanted to make sure that we did recognize him because Angelo is probably the most perfect example of what we were just saying. You know as far as building a community and not being at each other's throats, because he has every reason to be at our throats. We are technically direct competitors with him running made men promotions. So if anybody was going to be crappy to us or try to sabotage that event, you would think it'd be Angelo, but he was the exact he opposite. Was, <laughs> yep. He was, he was ready to reach out and help us in any, and every way possible. And that's awesome. That's what, you know, we want to be able to do that to, for others, too, and we have extended that hand, and we'll, we will continue to do that, and that's obviously what part of your role is. Yeah, man, and you mentioned Derek, so I just wanted to give a quick shout-out while we were kind of on that topic. Derek Gianta has his own boxing 
event going down January 15th in Cheswick at the Syria Shriners, I believe is what that venue is called. So January 15th, if you guys want to watch some awesome boxing, you know, you got to check out Gianta's show. He does it right, man. Uh, Ryan, you and I sat with him at Panera Bread for about two hours and just got a master class in local boxing promotion. This guy's amazing. Your memory is different than mine because I thought we were there for like three or four hours, to be honest. Hey, hey, time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, well, that Panera Monroeville, we we sat there and we just picked each other's brains and like we're going over everything and every possibility and every scenario scenario and it was it was great it was great to learn from him. Boxing and MMA are like night and day; they're two different worlds. And so, um, you know, to be able to work together and and collaborate, it's what what we needed to do to put that to to be able to uh, move forward with what we were the venture we were going on and yeah and um you know february 5th is what it all culminates in when we you know put on put on this show Uh, i'm i'm just i'm just beyond excited for for what's ahead 2022 is going to be unbelievable no it's awesome man you mentioned february 5th obviously that's brawl in the bird 10 as you'll see on the screen hashtag bitby 10 you know that's the hashtag we're going to use for the event we got a ridiculous card happening for that. On the last podcast, we kind of touched on it a little bit. We've got Kama Worthy in the main event. We've got Gavin Teasdale, who was a four-time PA state champ wrestler in high school. He's making his MMA debut, so that's always super exciting. Um, Ethan Goss, title fight. We'll, uh, we'll save the last one that I wanted to say for, for a little later in the podcast. We'll, we'll break a fight for you guys later if you need a reason to stick around. And it's a title fight, so stick around for that one for sure. It's, in, it, it's just insane, man. The card is shaping up beautifully right now. And uh, for everybody joining us right now, this podcast specifically, I messaged Ryan earlier today and he was all about it. I just thought, you know, with the year coming to a close, we're going to get into the holidays here and and the year basically ends once you hit Christmas, everybody just goes on cruise control for the rest of the year. So we're going to recap the best moments of 2021 inside the 247 FC cage. And man, I made a list of every knockout, every submission and every decision, or, you know, a long fight that ended late that could contend for like fight of the night. And we went through them today and just picked our favorites and how freaking amazing is it? the the fights that we've had in 2021 we had to cut some really 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 good fights yeah we 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 ultimately decided to land on like the three top of each of those categories and it was tough i mean we kind of like there were ones that belonged there that we we just decided like it belongs but it it got bumped out um so you know those lists are awesome and it, it was an abbreviated year. Ultimately, we, we we couldn't do all the things we wanted to do because of COVID and all the things that were going on. So we had we ended up with five events, and you know some of them were back to back events and kind of like you know piggyback events. And you know we're, we plan on having you know six to seven, maybe even more events in coming forward in 2022. So it's gonna be a packed year, packed card gonna be awesome yeah, it's a great way to start it in february man that that card is looking amazing as we've said we got wayne carl who i want to give a shout out to this is awesome that he's watching this podcast man i'm going to throw your comment up here 
on the screen. Amazing to get five events in a COVID year. So Wayne Carl runs Demolition Fight Series in Australia. So we've got an Australian MMA promoter on our stream right now. Wayne's the man. I, I love this guy. I met him through a mutual friend, Wombat Jones. Who That's obviously not his real name, but it might as well be. Wombat Jones, one of the best names ever, especially for an Australian. So thank you to Wombat and Wayne, man. You guys rule, and we're really excited about what you guys are doing as well. And we appreciate the support, man. Thanks, thanks for popping in here. Yeah, that's awesome. Appreciate it, Wayne. And uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. So which, which category do you want to kind of tackle first as we, as we look back on 2021? Yeah. So full disclosure, we are using a new software right now called restream.io and we're still kind of getting our feet wet with it. So we're going to try out some new features today and I'm, I've tested it. I think we're going to be totally fine, but there may be some hiccups. So we're going to start with fights. I think like the best fights of 2021 because when we get to knockouts and submissions i actually have some video clips to show you guys so if there's any hiccups that's where they'll occur but like i said i don't think it's going to happen just letting you know in advance so the best fights of 2021 inside the 247 cage i'm going to start you guys out with an honorable mention like ryan said we're going to do the top three but here's one that like just barely missed the cut and i'm going to steal from you ryan Nathan Kubaski versus Ricky Clayball opened up Bit B9. Two super young kids. I think they were 19. Nathan was 19 and Ricky was 20, if my memory serves me. Something like that. Two super young guys. And they just flat out opened that show amazingly, man. They The fight went everywhere. They were awesome sports. They were professionals from beginning to end, all through weigh-ins, all through medicals. They couldn't have been better to work with. And it was the perfect razor thin decision that literally the judge the you could have announced either guy as the winner and there's no issue with it nathan eventually took home i believe a split decision and ricky easily could have won the fight as well on the judges scorecard so that was just the right kind of fight to set the tone for that evening and it did end up being an amazing evening of fight so i loved that one but it just didn't quite make the cut the cool thing about that fight is you know, anytime you look at a fight card, at least from our perspective, so the matchmakers putting together the best possible matches, um, you know, that, that they can assemble, right? And then you assemble the card in a certain way. And when you have the first match on a card, you're always looking to get the fans into the fights, like to, to, to get everyone's juices flowing. So you want like a banger, you want a good fight to start things off. And this fight did exactly that. And so um, great honorable mention um, on that fight. Um, the next one I want to, I want to kind of introduce the next one. Is that all right? Yeah, absolutely. That's how I was hoping we'd kind of ping pong these. All right. So we had Perry and McGuire. Mm. At, uh, I mean, I've been saying how Perry, like these, first of all, Sean McGuire is the real deal. That dude is ready to like take off, you know, coming from Scorpion. He's a stud, but he's been, he's been at it a while in the jujitsu games, a good grappler, pick it up on his, you know, striking and, and, you know, dude, Perry hung in there with him and, well, honestly, when, when the fight was original, we, we kind of didn't 
give McGuire enough credit for how good of his, his ground game was. Mm-hmm. And he did awesome and, and picked up a big, huge win. And it was a great showing. And, man, Perry looked like a seasoned veteran. Like, he was poised. He was a beast. He was, like, I, I was – I think when we talked about it afterwards, I was like, that's the most excited I've been for a local fighter, like a debut fighter in a long right. time. So that, that was kind of unexpected on our part um, with just how good he looked, even in a, in a close um, split decision loss. What's funny is how similar that fight kind of is on the surface to Kabaski Clayball. A lot of the same storylines going into that insanely young guys going in competing above their age i mean the skill level of those guys was just super impressive as you said and uh sean mcguire training out of scorpion fighting systems with james gray there that's one of the best camps in the u.s as far as i'm concerned one of the best gyms they were awesome to work with they prepare their guys amazingly and then the same could be said for for craig perry right here at the academy you know one of our best gyms by far in pittsburgh as well so it was kind of our best versus their best man and they put on an absolute show that, that was a beautiful fight i love that one we're gonna fly right into the next one and this one's kind of funny because when you told me like for an honorable mention you said pick Ferdaz naimi matt factory guy and i was like well which fight because he had two fights in 2021 and they were both amazing so i didn't i honestly didn't know which one you thought was better but we eventually eventually went with vinny costantino that same night at bit b9 so that was a amazing fight man as you know from our discussions just one on one personally behind the scenes i'm super high on ferdos man i think his skill level is incredible for th- for this level amateur fighter, you just don't see this kind of striking from amateurs too often. And competing under novice amateur rule set, that's really hindering his full skill set right now with, with you know, no kicks to the head, no elbows, no knees. That's When, when that opens up for him, I think we're going to see an entirely different animal even than we've seen. But Vinny Constantino stung him bad in the first round of that fight, dropped him to the point that I thought the fight was going to be over, honestly. And then Ferdaz recovered, came back, took control, round two, easily won round two and three. So that was crazy. I mean, that was just one of the ones that a, a young guy, a young prospect that everybody's high on, faced serious adversity and then came charging back. So I thought that was an awesome one. Definitely a worthy honorable mention. But now we are officially into the top three. And which one do you want to kick off with, Ryan? The floor is yours. Well, I I think um, I'd like to kick off with Sid and Gabriel Valdez. Um, you know, this was a very um, – Sid was going up in weight, and so that was a whole, huge thing. We basically got to a point where um, we were trying to match Sid at 125. No, none, that wasn't happening. It's kind of hard to match these these – experienced female um you know ladies in pennsylvania because you, you can there's only a certain amount of people that qualify to fight at advanced amateur before they go pro so there's like a this small window and we 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 ran out of time and we had a match for her at 135 and sid and her team are just like yeah well, t- well they're always willing to take it so she stepped up and wait and these two put on a heck of a show. Um, it was, you know, 
one of those fights that was like bang, like going toe to toe, step for step, and it really got the crowd. I mean, the the females always steal the show. It seems, and that just becomes you know a part of going right. to a two four seven show. Is if we have a female fight, there's a good chance that you know they're going to steal the show unless you're you know Jake Lowry and Hutch, which we'll get into. Oh, spoiler alert. Jeez, <laughs> oh, Ryan. Um, but yeah, th- those two really went at it and the crowd went nuts and it was just an awesome fight. It got, got the, you know, it, the atmosphere was set by that fight. It was, man. That was one that I love too, because that's another classic example where Sid kind of majorly controlled round one and it looked like she was going to just kind of cruise away with the wind, but Gabriella really showed her grit and showed her polish and her experience and definitely turned the, t- turned the table in round two and three, so much so that by the end of the fight, you know, well, she obviously won the fight, but also just made it close enough to where after that round one, you would have just put all your chips in on Sid to just run away with that fight. But by the end, you were like, oh, I, I'm not sure. I think maybe Gabriella actually did enough to take it, and sure enough, the judges saw it that way. So it was a, that was a really interesting fight, man, and along those same lines to where whenever the judges' scorecards were being read, you had no idea who was going to take it. I'll throw us into our next one here. Ethan Gosk and, Goss and Skylar Sutho from Flood City Fight Night. Um, what more really needs to be said about that freaking fight? Unless if you saw it, nothing more needs to be said. Those guys... I just I actually rewatched it before doing this so I could refresh myself because sitting cage side, you get caught up in the moment. It's hard to see from every angle. The crowd influences you, all this stuff. It's one of those fights that's just as good on replay, man. This fight goes everywhere, everywhere. Ground, standing, clinch, everywhere a fight can go, it does it. And it does it at an extremely high level, man. These guys were just awesome. And round three, it kind of felt like it could have been anybody's fight. At that point, and Ethan hit one of the most ridiculous slams I've ever seen in MMA. And I actually have a video clip of it here I'm going to show you guys, so check it out. On the striking here and very confident with the striking. Chin up, got hooked by Sutho. Sutho walking him down. First time, Ethan caught a leg. Oh, Huge wow. slam. Huge wow. slam of Ethan. Timed that leg perfectly. My Ethan in open Dude, that was like an Undertaker slam. Just ridiculous. He literally looks like he has him by the throat, like the choke slam, like you said. Perfectly kicks the leg out. Man, that was just – that was the moment right there that live I was like, that may have taken the fight for Ethan. you know. And then he did, of course, take the decision there. That's another one. And it, it's kind of a theme, but obviously, you know, and any close fight, that's what it takes to be in contention for fight of the year. There has to be adversity. It has to be a close fight. But with every single fight that we've said so far, by the end of the fight, you were gen- genuinely unsure who won that fight. And I love that. I love the tension when it goes to the judges' scorecards. So, real yeah, quick. Any, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, any fight of the year candidate, like, you need a dance partner. You can't. You can't come in there and dominate a dude and have a fight of the night. You got to have a dance partner. You got to have a guy that's, you know, ready to go toe to toe and and match you stride for stride. And and these are all fights that like did that far and you know above and beyond. Absolutely, and we do have an Ethan Goss title fight February fifth at Bit B Ten. 
He's fighting James Adcock out of Knoxville MMA. So earlier we were talking about Ricky Clayball and what a performance he put on at BitB9. He fights out of Knoxville MMA. So we know what to expect with this team. Ovent St. Prue has cha- trained with them forever up at the UFC level. So they, they're doing it right down in Knoxville. Th- this fight's going to be a banger. It's funny because, Ryan, you just said you need a dance partner to make a fight like this. I think James Adcock, based on what I've seen, is the perfect Ethan Goss fight dance partner like this fight's going to be ridiculous i'm i'm stoked i you know there's it's co-main event for a reason and these two are gonna go toe-to-toe in battle um and and i'm yeah it's gonna be awesome yeah we got a question ryan you want to answer this for william david serball asking how he can watch reruns of our fights so we offer our entire fight library on our vimeo page so if you go to um I think it's in our um, Instagram profile uh, as well. There's a link tree link. And if you go to the Vimeo um, link, you can see all the fight replays um, video on demand. So they're all available. You can buy individual fights. You can get the whole cards. They're all our entire library is available there. And I think to my knowledge, did, did that get finalized today? Did those all get uploaded today? They didn't quite all make it today, but okay. we're, we're very close to being caught up. <laughs> as, as you know, with a small operation like ourselves, we're, we're, we're constantly trying to keep up with uh, moving forward as well as like, catch it, you know, getting things um, in place. So, you know, we're, we're, Everything will be updated within the next day or two. Um, well, next business day or two. And, yeah. uh, and so by next week, we'll have uh, all of that up. But most of the replay, almost every single, every single entire fight card is available to, to purchase. And every f- individual fight, it will be up by next week. Most of them are up from uh, Flood City Fight Night and previously. So, yep. So yep. from August and, and earlier, um, every fight card we've had, each fight is individually available. Yep. And you can also, William, if it's easier, you can just go to 247fighting.com and there's a little watch tab on our site. You just click watch and then I think it's view complete library and that'll take you there. So you can get all that'll take you right to our Vimeo page. Um, on that note, Ryan, there is a fight that, in my opinion, was the best fight of 247 FC's 2021 and it is available on Vimeo to rewatch. Which one was it? Which fight was it? I think I teased it, didn't I? You did. You kind of ruined it, but maybe maybe <laughs> I, I ruined a lot of things. You did. You did. But go ahead. So, Take it away. Back not too long ago, we had a card and the headliner on the card was Jake Lowry and Marco Hutch. And these two gentlemen proceeded to come into the cage and show that UFC level fights happen at the regional level at 247 fighting. It was everything you would expect from the highest of levels. And these are guys that, you know, collectively, I think they had at the time of the fight, I think they had seven pro fights. These two showed such an, a tremendous level of um skill of talent of perseverance of determination of just everything you look for in a fight everything you look for in a fighter just 
so thoroughly impressed. These are the types of fights that um, define people. And these two both went through it, and it was an absolute war and just could not be more impressed by both of them on this uh, at this time. It it was such an absolutely ridiculous fight, man. I mean, Jake took one on the chin early within like the first 15 seconds, I would yeah, say. Yeah, like 15 or 20 yeah. seconds. And he went down. It was a little flash knockdown, and Hutch was all over him. And for a lot of people, you know, Jake Lowry, obviously undefeated, homegrown out of the mat factory, one of the guys that everybody in Pittsburgh MMA knows about, has their eyes on. We didn't know as much about Hutch coming in just because we weren't as close to him, didn't study his career. But you can take one quick look at this guy's topology and see he's super legit. Had a super successful amateur career, fought for RFA, fought for Shamrock FC, who if you're tuned into kind of the Midwest MMA scene, Shamrock is huge there. They've launched the careers of a lot of high, 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 high caliber fighters. LFA, Bellator, Marco Hutch literally fought for all those places before he came to us. And even though I think he was three and three at the time, you look at the losses and it's like, okay, you can, you can live with that loss. And his wins were spectacular. He was a finishing machine. So he was a guy that maybe we slept on a little bit in terms of the local odds and whatnot, because obviously we're very high on Jake, but I think we did sleep on Hutch a little bit and he showed exactly why you can't do that because in round one, Jake was in all kinds of trouble. That had to be a 10, eight round. I don't know what the judge's scorecard said, but it had to be a 10-8 round because after, I would agree. Yeah. After he dropped Jake, he was just all over him on the ground, threatening submission after submission after submission and close. There were several times that I just mailed it. I'm like, okay, that's it. Like Jake's done here. But somehow Jake kept fighting through everything. And round two came out and it was like a totally different fight, man. Jake cleared the cobwebs and then went full Jake Lowry on him, you know, imposed that wrestling, that grappling that we know from him and just completely drowned Hutch as the fight went. This fight actually didn't go to a decision. Lowry submitted him with an arm triangle in the third round, but it was just the best comeback that one of the best comebacks for sure that I've ever seen in person, the best comeback I've ever seen at 247 by far. That, that showed some serious grit from Jake and as kind of a fun little behind-the-scenes little ditty for you guys. After that fight, I went backstage and I wanted to talk to Jake and he wasn't, you know, in the mood to talk. <laughs> that was a very hard fight for him. And he just wanted to recover, get some water, you know, feel better. And his coach, Isaac Greeley, was, you know, like at the time, nobody – I had never been around the 247 crew. I wasn't involved at the same level I am now. So Jake honestly didn't even know who I was. And Isaac, you know, kind of said, go ahead, talk to Hunter. Like he'll, he'll do a good job, be a good interview. And we did the interview and he was such a professional man. And he was so hard on himself about that first round. Like forget about the fact that you just pulled off one of the best comebacks that anybody's ever seen. You stamped it with a submission. All he cared about was that he did not perform the way he wanted to in round one. And right then was when I was like, Jake Lowry's got the mindset that you need to make it in this game. Like, but you always talk about it, right? Don't get too high. Don't get too low. He could have been riding ultra high after that win, as good as it was. But instead, he was already looking forward. How can I improve myself? He wasn't, you know, happy with that win by any means. But that's the kind of stuff, man, to get to that next level, to get to that Bellator UFC level. That's the kind of stuff that you got to show. And that, that was a huge test for Jake, and he overcame it. So 
that is our top fight of 2021. Yeah, that was a, a, a ridiculous fight. And yeah, the, the type of fight that I think, and I talked to Isaac right after the fight, I, I still, I don't think he'd gone into the back yet. And I said, man, this is the type of fight that like, it, it defines you. Like this gives you the confidence to go out there and to, you know, know that even if you even if a round goes totally south on you you can get on that stool you can come back out and you can still win this fight and that's a game changer when you have that level of confidence that you can get dominated for five minutes and that you can start fresh the next round game changer and that's the type of fight that that was for jake absolutely crazy man i think as you just said that was it that was the kind of test that you need to overcome he just showed he proved he could do it it's one of those things that you know they train hard at the mat factory. They train bad positions. They're always prepared for everything. You feel that way going into a fight, but until you actually do it, you don't necessarily know. So he got that one out of the way, and we're obviously very excited for what's going to come next in Jake's career. Um, that was a submission victory, like I said, so it only feels right to roll straight into the best submissions of 2021. Um I want to let you talk about Jermaine Moy first as an honorable mention, Ryan, because I know that you, you have a good relationship with Jermaine and you were all over that fight. Of course, that was before I was in the 247 fold. So I'm going to let you take that one away. So I, I want to share with everyone a little background on this fight and how it took place. Jermaine, if you are listening right now, <laughs> he's probably the only one who really, really knows what it took for this fight to actually happen. But um, let, let's let the cat out of the bag. So we we called. Um, so we have weigh-ins the day before every fight, and everyone shows up, and you're kind of checking people in. You kind of lose track of like who's there and who's not, and the commission's calling people's names and. You're kind of trying to figure out, like, is there someone, is there anyone missing? Well, we didn't even get to that part. Early way in morning, we get a call from his opponent, Terrell Brittingham. Brittingham. Nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah. And, um, and Jim, the, the matchmaker, gets a call and he's like, he's, he says he's not coming. He can't, like, he can't get a ride. And we're like, wait, what? We need this, like, We've go, we go round and round and basically like we're like, we'll rent the car. We'll do whatever. To get in a car, like ha have them call us. We'll give our, you know, credit card number, whatever it takes. Well, end of the day, he's still in Delaware. <laughs> so we, we had call, I called uh, weigh-ins were scheduled. I, I'm going to guess it was like five or six o'clock. I called. Um, Jermaine at about four o'clock. And I said, Jermaine, I'm, I'm sorry, dude. He's, he's not coming. And he's like, what do you mean? He's not coming. Like, what? he's like, getting all worked up. And he's like, I'm 37 years old. Like, this is my only fight. I need to fight tomorrow. Like, he's like, I will pay him to come. Like, whatever we need to do. Like, and I'm like, I'm telling you, we're trying everything. He's like, let me call him. I'm like, dude, you're not calling him. He's like, let me call him. I will work it out. I'll get him here. I'm like, bro, like we're out of options. Like <laughs> have at it. Like, so he ends up calling him. I'm still skeptical, whatever. He gets off the phone with him. Like Jim's talking to Terrell and 
go back. He's going to fly in tomorrow. The commission is agreeing to let him weigh in day of weigh-ins. I'm like, this, it's just not going to happen. Whatever. So I'm constantly checking up with Jim the next morning. Did, is he, did he call you? Is he at the airport? Like it's like six in the morning. We're like, yes, he's in, he's at the airport. He's calling me like, Oh wow. That's crazy. Like all this is happening. We're literally bending over backwards to make this fight happen. He ends up getting on the flight. He comes here. He weighs in day of, like, a couple hours before. Normally, it's day before, morning of. Like, we've never had morning of, but that happens in the state. He he weighs in, like, four hours, five hours before the fight. <laughs> gets there. So, the funniest part, the, the my favorite part of this whole story is Jermaine was, like, super nice to him on the phone. Like, dude, like, I, I, like... You, this is I'm 37 years old. This is my only opportunity to fight. Like, like I'm not going to take a fight after the, and he hasn't, but he's like, I'm, uh, this is the late, like, if I don't fight tomorrow, I'm never going to have an MMA bout in my entire life. Please. Like he's like pleading with him and super nice to him. As they're being introduced in the cage, <laughs> this is my, Jermaine is staring him down, walking, like walking back and forth, staring him down, said, you should have never listened to me. <laughs> You, you're the fool. You're a fool. Like, like, literally psyching him out. And then the bell rings. And Jermaine, who is like a Division One athlete, like, there's no lack of, like, elite level athleticism out of Jermaine. And just to mention, like, he's also really good at jujitsu and just a bad dude, right? Yeah. Nice guy, but bad dude. Uh, <laughs> he... Ends up getting on top, like just completely overwhelming this Terrell Brittingham, who has was experienced. He was like one and two at the time, so he's had three fights. Jermaine just totally like demolishes him. Um, but that fight was seriously like one of the two or three fights we've had that like the odds of them happening were almost none at one point. And it ended up happening, and I don't know how, but ultimately, like that's why we never give up on fights. We're always gonna you know, do whatever we do, whatever it takes to make them happen. And in this case, it, we did. And, and Jermaine got a, you know, submission of the night, a great performance, but ultimately like the psych out thing is the best part of the story. I think that's the long play right there. That's how, you know, a true competitor that commits to that level of it just to completely psych them out. That is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I love he was like, you should have never listened to me. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> yeah, right. That's so ridiculous, man. <laughs> I love so it. Awesome. I love it. So that is our honorable mention on this one. I'm going to jump right into a, an actual top three submission here for us. And I'm going with, I'm going to start us off with the best nickname in Pittsburgh MMA, the mole rat Cam Allgaier submitting Asher Frederick at bit b8 yes that was bit b8 good i didn't want to mess that up a battle of undefeateds and we were really we knew what cam brought of course we've seen cam fight a thousand times it feels like but asher frederick we weren't as sure about his striking looked amazing his physique was super impressive you could tell he was just super in shape super ready to go um super athletic as you were talking about 
Cam put it on him, man. When this fight hit the ground, that was a wrap. You know, you hit the ground with Cam Allgaier, and, and that's the end for a lot of guys, and that was the case for Asher. And we actually have that submission to show you guys. So I'm going to roll the footage before we go on. That's a big part of MMA. Elevation and there a big go. slam there. Now, Allgaier from... has a better position to work from this time, being in inside control. Neon Valley here. Uh, he's actually holding on to Frederick there to prevent him from rolling and trying to he get. Has full mount does Cameron Allgaier now. He's got the neck. Looking to try to get the guillotine here. He wants to get into an, a dominant position to throw some ground and pound as Allgaier throwing up a triangle attempt here. He is. He's got to really lock it down. He hasn't really done that. You yeah, see the adjustment. Yep. Not fully. He has his foot locked he's in. He's getting it much better now. Just tight. It's very as he tight has his, now. The, um, the leg hook. And, and that is Asher it. Frederick taps. Wow. And still, Cam Allgaier defends his belt in style. Submission win via triangle. That's a wrap on that. So you saw him jump for the guillotine first and then threaten with the guillotine, mount guillotine into the triangle. He's, he's a menace on the ground, man. Like, you just kind of don't want to grapple with this guy. But... I thought that was an amazing submission for several reasons, uh, primarily being because of the quality of Asher Frederick as well. You know, when you do it against a top guy and make it look that easy, that's special, man. And I remember writing after that fight, how good is Cam Allgaier? And I didn't mean it like, man, how good is that guy? He's amazing. I literally, I meant it in a very literal sense. Like, we still don't know how good Cam Allgaier is because he hasn't been pushed to that level yet. Like we talked about with Jake Lowry against Hutch, like, Cam just keeps one-upping himself in his fights. And at this point, it's like, how – but seriously, what is his ceiling? Like, how good is he actually? Because he's just steamrolling dudes. So, on on the Cam Allgaier note, Ryan, we, we got some we got some Cam Allgaier news. You know, let, let the good people know what's going on with Cam. Well, I think – so, we, we always um, – when we – have a fight date and concentrate on matching that fight. Um, we get lists from gyms. And um, so Gorilla House will send us a list of fighters they want matched. And, you know, Isaac at the Mat Factory and Dave Sachs at the Academy. All those guys will send us lists. Okay, these are the guys we want matched for that date. And so Cam's been missing in the last couple dates. And he was missing for February's date. And so, you know, people take breaks and that's what happens. And ultimately, I was on the phone with Ray Ross one day and Cam was in the car with him. <laughs> I, think, I think we had just, we were working on Sid's bout and, um, and you know, he was on speakerphone and, and Cam said, when are you going to match me? And I was like, well, you're not, you're, you're not on the list. Like, and he's like, what do you mean I'm not on the list? And Ray's like, well, you know, you, you, you haven't been in the, like, and he was like, yeah, I don't know. Like, and ended up like a week later, like match me. And so it came time to match, match camp. Now here's the, here's the issue with matching cam is every time I, we match cam, we're like, okay, this is the time where he's actually going to be tested. He's going to like be in deep water this time. And, and it just like, he, he's kind of breezed through everyone we've thrown at him. 
And ultimately, that's a great thing, right? That's awesome. But you don't, you also want to go, you want to go through deep waters as an amateur. You just do. You don't want the first time you feel like this dude's better than me. You don't want that to occur once you're pro. You want, you want to question yourself in the cage against, you know, when you're an amateur and, and, you know, you not when it really, really matters. So we've been looking, like I, I, I admit it, like we're looking for a guy to really challenge him. Guess what? <laughs> Found There's him. No doubt, we have it. <laughs> yep, we yep. have it. So Hunter Starner, who is a fighter out of, oh man, now I don't have it in front of me. I He's got a, you. If you want to tag me in, I got you. Tag, tag, tag. <laughs> he trains out of Renegade Combat Sports in Virginia, Fredericksburg, well, I knew Virginia. That. I was yeah. thinking Tennessee. Close. Virginia. Close. Yeah, yeah. When P- in PA, we're all geographically challenged. Every state's the same once you leave. But he's out of Virginia. And, dude, Ryan was, was hinting to, but let me tell you guys, we watch a lot of his footage and have done a lot of research on him. This kid's a beast, man. Also 6-0. He's 6-0. So we've got undefeated versus undefeated for the Bantamweight strap. And man, what a fight. Because like I was just saying about the Asher Frederick fight, it left you wondering, you know, how good is Cam? Literally, like who's going to push him? How good is Cam? We're probably about to find out how good Cam is or how good Hunter Starner is because he's another guy who has had a career trajectory just like Cam's where he's just blowing through everybody. So we're going to put these two buzzsaws against each other February 5th and see who comes out, man. One of the best fights that you could possibly arrange, I think, in the amateur bantamweight ranks. This is this is a crazy fight. This is a pro level fight. I I agree. The, these are two guys. Uh, so we talked about a lot. A lot of these fights have occurred that we're reviewing this year have occurred at, at Brawlenburg Eight. Brawlenburg Eight. When you look back at that card, I think years from now, you look back on Brawl in the Burg 8, I think you're going to be like, whoa, there were a lot of guys that were complete studs on that card. And even, you know, like the fights that weren't the people that are, I, I just think the fight card is going to be looked at years from now as one of the top regional fight cards there was. I think that this also has, is <laughs> yeah. right up there with it. We Behind the scenes, Hunter and I talk about this February 5th fight card. And granted, this is regional MMA. And does everything happen the way it's planned a month and a half ahead of time? No. So we always say, if everything stays together and keeps this trajectory, this this could literally be the biggest fight card in the history of 247 and maybe even in Pittsburgh MMA. Yeah. Um, But this fight is like, these are two guys that, I could, if they decide, these are both guys that are smart enough that if their careers take them elsewhere and they are, you know, have a business career or, you know, whatever, they're smart guys that they they may not end up chasing that UFC dream. Right. If they do chase that UFC dream, these are two guys that could be facing each other one day in the UFC. No, no doubt in my mind. These are studs. These are 135 pound studs. And so I'm super stoked. Yeah, and I just want to say also shout out to Hunter's team out there in Virginia because they've been awesome to work with. And from my end, kind of coming in as GM, 
couple months ago at this point, I guess, when I started. I wasn't sure what to expect on this side of things. You know, the local MMA, behind the scenes, signing contracts, getting your paperwork done, getting us photos, all this stuff that goes into a fight that's definitely not fun for anybody. Not fun for us or them. But Hunter and his team have been super, super prompt with it. Awesome to work with, man. Great communication. So that's just another signal to me that Hunter is going to be the real deal as well. Like when you have a team like that around you, it's not as surprising to me now that he's 6-0 and and has been blowing through everybody. Like he's surrounded by the right people. So that's definitely a fight we're looking forward to. But for now, Cam, coming off that win over Asher Frederick that makes our top three submissions of 2021. Um, Ryan, why don't you run away with the next one? I think I know which one you're going to go for, but but have at it. I'm going to go with Chase Boyd. He submitted Brogan. I I never know how to pronounce Brogan's last name. On Enders. <laughs> on dirt. I, Brogan. His on name's draw. Bro- on draw. I don't, know, I don't know how to say it either, but that sounds the best. But uh, <laughs> so Brogan is. Complete stat. He just won recently. Won a, a a big fight, a title fight in Ohio. And Chase was coming off of you know a, a couple losses. Was kind of you know having a tough time. And Chase had had been through a lot. He had gone through um, you know ba- battling uh, you know mental mental illness and things like that he he'd just been dealing with stuff we all deal deal with stuff we you, you you never know what someone else is going through and and he he was he was having a tough time he switched camps he did some different things and came out and just blew like blew everyone's mind with his performance after having two tough losses in a row so i think we have that footage don't we we do. Let's roll the tape. Let's go of it and Chase Boyd trying to get back to his feet. There's the hip toss. And the hips by Chase Boyd. Here's the scramble. Ends up on the back of Brogan. Andres, what a scramble there for Chase Boyd. Exhaustion on Andres. And looking for the not even fighting it is Andres. This is bad. This is might be the finish. He's wincing. He's wrenching this rear naked choke here, palm to palm. And it is over. What a finish and what a comeback from Chase Boyd. And you see just the emotion pouring out from Chase Boyd. That was a huge win for Chase, man. Like like you said, and thank you to uh, McKinney and Luke there. It's Andres. Yeah, (laughs) I I think it's too complicated. It's literally more than one Andre. Yeah, yeah, right. Andres. Andres. That's awesome. But that, that, like you said, that was a huge win for Chase in his career. Huge moment for him. You could see the emotion, and they even talked about it in the commentary. The emotion from Chase after that fight, that win meant so much to him. And uh, just a killer submission that, under other circumstances, could have been number one of the year. But unfortunately. Well, well, can, can I say one more thing? Yeah, yeah, have at it. Have at I it. included that, um, the hip toss. Yeah, right. right? Because – Chase told me after the fight, he said, you know, he literally hip tossed me. And I said to myself, this is not happening again. And like, he made a decision in himself that like, I'm, I'm the, 
I'm a, I'm a machine right now. There's nothing going to stop me. And uh, it, it, it was just a really, it's just a nice story. It's nice to see someone battle like they're, they're like, I always tell people it, this game is fighting like 20%. The mm-hmm. most of it is mental. Most of this game, if you can, if you can keep your head clear, you're going to get the, and you're in the right gym, you'll get the training you need. You'll get like, you keep your head clear. You'll do just fine. And, yep. and, and if you don't like, you're going to be in trouble. Yep. And yeah, this was just, this is just a great story. It was man. A great culmination of all the work from chase there. And you know, the emotion just kind of speaks to that. And like I was saying under other circumstances, maybe that could have been number one, but number one in 2021 for us was the easiest pick of the night because when somebody hits a Goga Plata in a pro fight, <laughs> you just don't see it, man. Like, that's an instant trump card, ace in the hole, whatever you want to call it. It's an auto win. Sean Tarleton submitted Jake Schilling at that same event at BitB8 with a Goga Plata. And we'll just we'll roll the footage for you guys because, honestly, there's not too much to say about this. It's a freaking Goga Plata in a pro MMA fight. Another body kick from Tarleton, man. And the start. Interesting that I don't know that I've ever seen Schilling lead a combination with with kicks. He always throws punches. He always throws combinations and then follows it with a kick. But now on the ground here in the guard of Sean Tarleton. looks for a a, a Gogo Aroma Plata or Gogo Plata actually with the the shin under. Yeah. This is. This is a potential submission here as he has the left shin under. Oh, he's got it all the way through. He's turning into the choke. He's got the shin all the way through. You can see that Jake is pushing down on the foot. That is it. Wow. That is an impressive submission win. That was great, man. And... I wish we had more time to also show the the post fight interview because he had Sean had no idea actually what he did. <laughs> you know, he, he's like he's like, yeah, I've actually never done that before. I don't know what it's called. Can't remember the name. This and that. It was hilarious. He was like, he just pulled off this amazing Goga Plata and just honestly was just fighting on instinct there and just went for it. And that was pure, you know, Nick Diaz, Takanori Gomi stuff right there. You just you don't see it. You know, think back. When's the last time you've seen a Goga Plata? It, it's it be eight if you were there like it just doesn't happen so that's automatically number one man a ridiculous submission i think you turned to me i think that was the, was that the first event you you were sitting down yep. with me? yeah it was. You, i think you turned to me and you go did he did he just go go plot of him <laughs> I was like yeah i think so like yeah. is that what that's called <laughs> it was just it was so hard to believe man i was like there's no way that just happened because as as you guys just saw in the clip like it did develop, you know, over time. You, you could see it coming if you knew what you were looking for. And I was just like, there's no way this is actually going to work. And then it worked. I was like, oh, my God. Like, that just happened. So you know what else happens in MMA? Mm. People get knocked out. Yeah, they sure do. <laughs> and we had some pretty awesome knockouts in 2021, didn't we? Oh, uh, this was by far, well, I'll just say, I guess in my opinion, this was the most stacked category we had. It was pretty hard to narrow down to three. And when I say the first honorable mention, which is Rex Harris knocking out Chris Dempsey in the main event of Flood City Fight Night, 
you get an idea of how good the next three must be because that was a pretty spectacular knockout, a great performance from Rex over a guy who, you know, one of the best Pittsburgh MMA fighters of all time and Chris Dempsey. like An absolute of- animal and a great guy to boot. One yeah. Of the best I- coaches we have here in Pittsburgh. Yep. To do it against him just takes it to another level. So Rex just misses the cut with that. Who takes the first official spot, Ryan? Well, I'm going to say I'm going to pick um, Shaka Worthy and Mike Johnson. Shaka Worthy, you know, this was his first um, actual fight for 247. It was his, I mean, he was scheduled to fight in the uh, Rollenberg three card against Mike Johnson. And uh, he really made it count when it, when it was time to, uh, when it was time to show off his skill set here in Pittsburgh. So uh, you want to roll that? We'll roll it. Let's roll it. Oh, oh. dropped him. That lead left hand the first time. He's he hurt. The he's hurt left. bad. Yep. He's hurt Chaka bad. Chaka looking to Five finish. Shots. Chip looks like he's almost oh, ready to that's it. And now, that is a stone cold Game knockout. Big oh knockout. My goodness. Mike Johnson is. Dude, just right behind the ear, face plant. That's textbook. You know, that's as good as it gets. Um, amazing performance from Shaka. And obviously, for people maybe just joining the podcast or just, you know, getting up to speed in Pittsburgh MMA, that is Kama Worthy's brother. And Kama Worthy just finished UFC stint, five-fight UFC stint, went two and three with some impressive finishes in there. And he's returning February 5th in the main event of Brawl in the Berg 10. Among the other fights we've mentioned on this stream, this one is huge, man. <laughs> like, getting Kama back's huge. So any mention of Chaka is good enough to, to bring Kama back into the conversation as well. Um, what a what a family there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the 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 lineage there, the the – I mean, that family's legendary status, those two guys are, you know, they'll take on all comers. They'll, they'll, they'll show up. They'll be the baddest dude in the cage at that time. Like they're, they're just, uh, they're fighters. They're true fighters. And they're guys that aren't super concerned with, you know, appearances and look and all that. They want to go in there and, 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 bang and yep. that's what they do and they impress the masses and it, it was a it was an electric crowd there when shaka worthy that was i mean it was pandemonium in the Monroe convention center yeah and speaking of this is a perfect segue awesome fighting brothers we've got unfortunately tanner cahill in this next clip but his brother taylor also an undefeated 247 you know guy Awesome, promising fighting careers for both of them, but this is the perfect demonstration of you know how terrible the game of MMA can be. It could just change at the drop of a hat, man. He fought Shane Nuttall, also a Pittsburgh guy, uh, with Don Caker, and this was just one of those fights. You know, there was a, some bad blood going in. They talked a whole lot of smack online, and it was one of those fights that had a lot of emotion going into it as well, and that definitely showed in the cage tanner had him in all kinds of trouble early and it's funny because from my vantage point which is also where you were sitting there that night at one point tanner had a standing guillotine against shane against the cage and i thought he actually choked him unconscious like i i saw shane's arm drop a little bit but 
on the replay, you can tell he was actually giving a thumbs up to the ref. But from where I was standing, it looked like his arm went limp. And I was like, wow, that's that. So Tanner just kind of controlled the fight completely early. But uh, it all changes very quickly in MMA sometimes. And we'll just we'll play the clip for you guys to see. I could actually make it tighter. You see that he's out. Tanner Cahill was pulling for everything he had, squeezing. Oh, and there's a left from Nuttall. Ooh, and they're trading the leather. Oh, 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 Cahill needs to recover hey, here. Yep. Cahill's going to have to take some time to recover. I that was a he, clean. Uh... I mean, as you as you guys just saw in the clip, that could only end one way. Like one of them was going to sleep in that firefight. They just once once Shane broke out of that submission attempt from Tanner, it was just slugfest. They were going to stand. There, there yeah. was no one thinking about maybe I should protect myself. They Not were at all. It was you ever see that that game where you push those buttons and those fists go like that was rock, it. that was, that was rock 'em sock 'em real life rock 'em sock 'em robots right there for real and unfortunately and those guys were yeah. both way too fresh for like they yeah. were they had all their strength like yep. <laughs> if you connect you're you're knocking the opponent out and it just so happens that not all got that the first clean shot and it was it was over yeah in round 1 it it takes one and, you know, speaking of round one, especially like really early in round one. Like this, how early would you think? I, I mean, you know, we'll play the clip and you guys can count for yourself. But I'm just saying this guy, David Krause, popped into our stream to comment. Is he the easiest? He said, I don't know if he's saying he's the easiest fight I on think our roster or what. It, it's David the easiest Krause. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's the, he's, he's saying KO of the year. And you know what? David, I think he's. I think he's the easiest. I think yeah, we just call him David the easiest. David the easiest crowd. We have to change the shirt. That. Yeah, change the shirt to say the easiest. The easiest. That's perfect. But David, all props where where it's earned, man. This this knockout was completely ridiculous at Flood City Fight Night. I think the official time was it was dumb, right? The official time was like thirty two yeah. or twenty eight seconds. No, it was eighteen seconds. Eight, eight, yeah, twelve. Whatever it was, it was way more than it actually was. And here we have it's actually the twelve seconds is his nickname with the women too. Just, just ha ha roasted David. <laughs> we actually the funny thing is the only David and I know this. We were on a phone conversation. We're talking about making his shirt. So David has a shirt um, on two four seven fighting website. David twelve second crowd. Um. <laughs> That he was like when I first said we'll put twelve seconds on the shirt, and he's like, no, 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 that doesn't sound good. Well, guess what? Like, <laughs> you just is. made me want to go with that more. Actually, is what happened there. <laughs> yeah, that's a winner. All right, but for real, David Krause faced Trevor Trevor Ward at Flood City Fight Night, and the fight lasted twelve seconds. Here we go. This one, two big boys. Krause in the black, Ward in the blue. A little feeling out process at the center. Trading kicks. Some heavy punches. Ooh, it's he's out. out. It's over. He's out. A huge oh knockout. God. A huge knockout for Kraus. Oh a huge knockout for David Kraus. That's such a ridiculous knockout, man. I remember cage side. He lands that power jab. First right hand. That first right hand knocked him out. Like I remember I could literally he was see. Totally stunned. 
Yeah, I had the perfect vantage point to see Trevor Ward's face, and his eyes rolled back in his head after that first one. On the way down, David caught him with the second one. I was just like, oh, that was gross. Like, that was exactly I, – I feel like, you know, I've never fought. I've never stepped into the cage like that. I feel like that's the kind of knockout that when fighters go to sleep, that's what they dream about. Just that crispy, clean 12-second knockout. Like, that's as good as it gets, man. That was impressive. Do you think that, like – like, how do you, if you're David Krause, like, how do you, like, target your next fight? Like, how do you ever live up to that? I don't know, because, you know, we're, we're going to have to get him on the podcast. So, David, leave a, leave a comment if you're interested in that. We need to get you on the podcast. But, like, do you even, going into that fight, do you even think about that happening? Do you even consider a 12-second knockout ever being a possibility? And now, if so, how do you possibly follow it up? I mean, you think about, like, Ben Askren. <laughs> um so yeah you think about ben Askren and like outside of like charging the guy like across the cage like like you know john day seuss did a couple times now he did it with you know he tried to do it against you know the yeah the ben Askren. i can't think of jorge masvidal mm-hmm. um i outside of that like just standing and like trading like you don't think that that's going to happen very often but it does it does i mean these guys are strong like david kraus is strong like he catches you good with a jab like you're in you're already in trouble and that's exactly what happened yeah it's a big problem and david just commented here 11 seconds coming soon so that's awesome that there you go that answers your question how do you top 12 you you go 11 so fighters here here's the deal right david kraus is is not yet matched for Brawl in the Berg 10 on February 5th. So if you're a 205 fighter, David Krause is a 205 fighter. He's one and one. He, you know, if you're one and oh, oh and one, one and one, somewhere in that area or debut, like and you want to give it a shot against David, he's still available. Same thing with Taylor Cahill. Taylor Cahill's a 155 pound two and oh fighter ready to take on all comers. Those are two guys that, you know, we haven't, we haven't, we haven't had the opportunity to match yet. And we're, you know, they're, those guys are open to fighting guys. Yeah. We just said, you know, comma worthy main event on the screen. We got an Ethan Goss title fight. You saw Ethan earlier with that ridiculous slam and made our top three fights of 2021. Cam Allgaier, top title fight, top submissions of 2021. We've got, Gavin Teasdale making his MMA debut, which we mentioned a little bit earlier. Like Ryan's saying about how these fights are available, like that this is the local card that you want to jump on. Like there's there's a lot of eyes on this card. There's a lot of talent on this card. Looking back, like we just said, this is going to be one of those cards I think that you can look back on and say, man, like I was a part of that. That's going to be something that you're going to be able to feel really proud about in the future. So it's it's an it's just a really awesome card that we're putting together and like you said there are still some availabilities it's it's filling up fast of course but david kraus and taylor Cahill are two guys that if you want if you want the smoke at 205 i know like showing a clip of david kraus knocking out a dude in 12 seconds and then being like who wants to fight this guy is probably not the best sales pitch but i mean you got to believe in yourself in MMA, right? Plus he's human. And like you said, he's one and one. Like, it's not like nobody has ever beaten him. So he, he we're, we're, he only has, 
12 seconds of winning. <laughs> that, see, that's the rest of his game time he lost. That's the veteran salesman in you, Ryan. That was perfect. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, so we're, we're still looking to match those fights and tickets are on sale for BitB10. It's February 5th at the Monroeville Convention Center. We've talked a lot about some of the fights there. Um, you want to do hey, a little- I got a question for yeah. you. There, yeah. There's like, <laughs> we can give our listeners, I mean, if you want to, there's another one. We It's all signed, sealed, delivered. If you want to give listeners a that's awesome so and it's a title fight okay okay just making just making like total sure that we're on the same page because it's funny it's funny because you kind of let this one slip earlier yeah well i didn't actually let the bout slip i just right right yeah you were talking about sid ross wanting to get matched for february 5th and obviously we talked about Sid earlier with her fight against Gabriella at Bit B8, how amazing that fight was. Funny enough, Sid's fight against Angel Blackwell from Bit B9 made my honorable mention list as well. So both of Sid's fights in 2021 were, you know, fight of the year contenders. And she is coming back February 5th to fight Addie Bellinger at 125 for the title, fly, women's flyweight title. I mean, we're just stacking title fights on this card, man. I don't know. Is there enough gold to go around? Do we have this many belts to hand out? Like, do we oh, have? I didn't even think of that. <laughs> Maybe Cam should hand in some of his belts. <laughs> yeah, Cam, quit stacking belts. You're greedy. Um, so how it works, <laughs> just, just to give you kind of the story behind what I just Ooh, said. So just how it works, close? yeah, how did we read? Like, that no was, one needs to see my face. That, that, that was terrible. So... In regional MMA, you keep the first. Don't stop. You got to stop. This isn't that. me, man. I'm this isn't me. Too ugly for that. The technology has taken on a life of its own. In regional MMA, you keep the first belt, and you 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 don't keep like you defend it, but you keep the first one, and you you know the rest are all. Well, Cam took his second belt, so Cam, <laughs> you need to bring that belt back. <laughs> That's the one you're, you're defending. Just. To be clear, <laughs> um, but but Sid's fighting for her first title at you know her her real weight class, and so um, you know she's she always brings fight of the night. Hattie Bellinger is a complete fighter, just an absolute hammer. She's four and two, fighting out of uh, Michigan, and you know tom capaldi and and their crew like they're awesome and just looking forward to her uh this fight this fight's gonna be amazing another title fight can you believe it like this is ridiculous we have other like we have other fights in the in that we're working on like that we're close on and we'd love to like you know they're probably going to happen but we don't have that to announce to you yet right but we had those two two additional title fights we announced tonight What's ridiculous is now we're looking at three title fights, and it only just hit me that all three involve Gorilla House. So shout out Gorilla House for like the big gold this night. Yeah, they they are. Um, yeah, they're they they got a lot of big fights. Yeah, and Addy just for people, you know, full disclosure, I wasn't super familiar with Addy either until we matched this bout, but she is super super legit. And like we were talking about with uh, Hunter Starner and his team earlier, Addy's team out there in Michigan, you know, Tom Capaldi, everybody you were just saying, Ryan, they've been 
equally amazing to work with. Great communication, super professional, super prompt with everything. I expect nothing but the best from this fight. You know, Addy is on a two-fight winning streak in MMA with one knockout finish in that streak. She's on a three-fight winning streak overall, if you include a kickboxing bout that she had back in March of 2019. And she's just ready to roll. Her two losses, she's four and two. The two losses were both by decision, one split, so super close. You know, could easily be five and one. I mean, this is the kind of fight that you hope for on the amateur level, just like we were saying. Yeah, this is good. This she, does is a- every- yes. she does everything well. She's a well-rounded fighter. She's a real, well-rounded young lady. She is a very successful uh, realtor and just a super, you know, she's just dedicated to the things she does. And so, you know, I feel like it's it's the holidays. It's the giving season. Mm. What what? What do we do during the giving season? What do we do? We give. We give, friends. And here, here's the deal. Here's what we're going to do. We've told you about the card. Kama Worthy, Gavin Teasdale, Ethan Goss title fight, Cam Allgaier title fight, Sid Ross title fight, Julian Flannery's on the card. The card is ridiculous already. And as Ryan kind of alluded to, we're still working on other things. It's going to get better from here. You know, if everything works out the way we want, it's getting better from here. So, if you buy tickets, the, the next person to buy tickets is going to get a free shirt for every ticket you buy. So if you buy yourself a ticket and you fly solo, you're getting one free shirt. You buy five tickets, you're getting five free shirts. And I think, Ryan, are you wearing the shirt? Like, I can kind of see it. Yes, I am, of course. <laughs> so this is the shirt. It's the Hexagon logo, 247 Fighting shirt. I can't attest I own three of them, actually, and I just kind of rotate them. They're super soft and comfortable, man. They fit great. It's an awesome shirt. So the next person we get, um, we get email notifications every time you order tickets. And of course, you know, ordering online, there's log of what time everybody buys their tickets. So we'll see the timestamp. The next person to buy their tickets will get free shirts with their tickets. So buy 10 tickets and get 10 free shirts. Buy one ticket, get one free shirt. Do what you want to do. But the next person who buys tickets for BitB10 is getting a shirt as well. And it's 939. So the next person... And um, just to be clear, you can also like if if you're waiting to buy tickets and you're waiting like you want to support Kama or you're supporting Ethan, get those tickets now and then you you can still support them and they'll still get their their ticket commissions and you'll also get the free shirts. Yep, yep. When you go online, so here's how it'll work: you'll go to two four seven fighting dot com buy your tickets on our website and when you get to your checkout form there's going to be a little drop down that says choose the fighter or staff you're supporting and uh, you can choose any of the fighters competing or the ring card girls if that's who you're supporting and that's all you do you select their name and that's exactly the same commission as if you bought it from them in person from a physical ticket so that's how we set it up for our fighters and obviously they love it you know and we love helping them as well so so like ryan was saying you're not there's no better commission buying straight out of their hand than buying it online and choosing their name but you do have to choose their name i want to emphasize that you know if you want to support them choose their name with the drop down it's going to be a great night of fights there's no better um there's no better christmas gift than saying hey guess what we're going to brawl in the bird 10 on february 5th your husbands will love you 
your your wives will think you're selfish, but do it anyway because it's the best selfish gift you can possibly buy. For sure. And there's only so many selfish jabs you can get in in one year. So, like, get get a good one in early. You know, get a David like, Krause power jab in early. Just be like, babe, I, I, I thought you wanted a night out. Like, didn't you <laughs> say you wanted me to take you out? Like, this is out. Dude, you know what's hilarious is, like, we're joking about this, but when my mom and dad came to bit b8 and they loved it man my mom oh, loved it more than my dad i think which surprised the crap out of me she here's loved the it. funniest thing i've had so many people as a matter of fact my wife's best friend kara she came to a card like i don't know maybe a year ago afterwards she said to me she said to Denise, actually, she said, I've ne I'd never like even watched MMA and would have never said like, I like it. She's like, I, that was the funnest night I've had out in a long time. It was so much fun. Everyone's, everyone has fun at them. Like, I don't, it's, it's a great time. And this is literally going to be an electric crowd. It's going to be amazing. So buy your yep. tickets now, yep. win shirts for every ticket you buy for the next, next person. Yeah, so so that's the deal. Just to recap, maybe if you if you tuned out of our talk for a second, you know the deal is the next person that buys tickets, however many tickets you buy, you're going to get that many free shirts as well. And Ryan's wearing the shirt that you're going to win. It's an awesome hexagon two four seven logo shirt, super comfy. It's just a good way to get some free swag, you know, with your tickets. So so that's the deal. I was trying to. For a second there, Ryan, when you were talking about how awesome of a night out it can be and how surprising it can be for a lot of people, when I was talking to UFC commentator John Anik on the podcast, he just he went in and just showered all the praise on local MMA. You know, he was talking about how amazing it was, and I was trying to load in that video clip while we were talking, but uh, Restream didn't want that to happen. So unfortunately, I can't play the clip for you guys, but you have to take my word for it. John Anik would just. He he totally bought in. Yeah. Odds are odds are the people that have are watching this podcast are buying tickets. They just wait. That's what they do. People wait. If you want a free shirt, the next person is getting one. But you, I mean, who knows who the next person is going to be? It might be now. It might be twenty minutes from now. Who knows? But we you. do. We do know that they're going to get free shirts when they do it, though. And we'll announce who it is. Yeah, of course. Of course. We'll give away free swag. And yeah, man, I mean, this has been an awesome podcast. It's fun going down memory lane for sure. And 2021, just remembering, you know, what a good year of MMA it was. And as you guys can tell from our picks, like those two August cards, Bit B8 and Flood City Fight Night really just brought the heat. Like a lot of our picks were from those two events. So like the momentum that we gathered from those events now running into February, we really, really hope that that just continues. Like that's, that's a sign of things to come in our eyes, you know, the kind of quality that you can expect from us. So the, I mean, I'm stoked, dude, February 5th, genuinely can't like, like Christmas is coming up in two days, Christmas, you know, in a couple of days, whatever. I'm more excited about February 5th. <laughs> like That's my Christmas. I, I agree. I mean, Santa's coming on in, on February fifth. This this is kind of like Christmas colors. Yeah, there you go. So nice. I'm gonna put it on because it feels festive. It's very festive. I like that. So, 
we're gonna we're gonna wrap up here guys we appreciate you for sticking around and listening to our year-end kind of wrap up of the best fights submissions and knockouts of course you can subscribe to the pittsburgh combat sports podcast on spotify apple podcasts google podcasts or stitcher basically all your major podcast outlets i'm sure you use one of those so subscribe to us there get every episode like you said we've had john anik adam milstead chris dempsey isaac greeley we get cody law we've had you know bellator standout steve mowry undefeated bellator standout so we get a lot of local guys a lot of you know bellator ufc level guys as well we have talks like this with me and ryan or with ryan and jim or whoever it might be kind of giving you the backstage access look at what we're doing it's an awesome podcast you know i'm really excited to bring it to you guys i hope you enjoyed this one and enjoy future shows when you subscribe um congrats i guess you know to everybody that we picked man these fighters you, you said it earlier and it couldn't be a more appropriate thing to say you can't have a great fight without two willing dance partners so we genuinely appreciate you know every fighter that steps into that 247 cage i just really want to emphasize that we're not even even you know the guys that were on the losing end of the knockouts or the submissions like we're super thankful that you do what you do because we understand what goes into that. And that's the risk that you run every single time you step into that cage. So it takes a lot of heart to do that, man. And we've had some awesome fighters in that cage and we're looking forward to getting some more in 2022. Yeah, man, these guys are, these guys are awesome. This is why we got in the business. These, these are some of the best athletes the world has to offer. And we want to just provide a platform for them to succeed and to, to flourish. So Great 2021. We look forward to 2022 and would love to see you on February 5th at Brawl in the Berg 10. Get your tickets as soon as possible. 247fighting.com. Do not miss out on that. Yep. Let's get it. And the next person to buy tickets is getting free shirts. Let's just emphasize that again. Go get your free shirts, guys, and we will see you next week for another show. Thank you for joining.